When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Welcome to yet another exciting, fun-filled episode of Fratello and Phelps. It's basketball gold with Fratello and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps, my partner, former NBA head coach, NBA color analyst, Mike Fratello. Mike, I we got to pick it up here. In our last episode, you had just done your organic organic laundry somewhere in Los Angeles. You were making your way back home to Cleveland. I, I take it the laundry came out okay. The trip to Cleveland was okay. That went. That was that was good. That was a sixteen day road trip with. Six games and two studio shows involved with that long road trip. A lot of clothes, a lot of dirty underwear and socks and yeah, don't don't get too personal. That the organic cleaner got them all back straightened out again and folded up and dried and and then it was a matter of getting home and unpacking all that stuff. Did a Cavs game that next night when I got home immediately against Portland. Yes, against Portland. And then uh, after celebrating Thanksgiving in Cleveland, I am sitting in Portland, Oregon right now. <laughs> against and Portland. There you go. Well, at with, least you saw them, right? With the Clippers. With yeah. The Clippers. Uh, you get around, sir. That's outstanding. Uh, so a, a beautiful hotel room in, in Portland, Oregon. The Cavaliers just finished up a three-game road trip, and – you saw them take care of Portland. Then they went to Milwaukee, Detroit, Toronto last night. And I I don't know that you can say it didn't go well. You, you go to Milwaukee, you play Milwaukee, you lose. You kind of, that, that's a tough place to play. It's a tough team to play. You lost by 15. You went to Detroit, you won by eight. And then you go to Toronto, another, another tough place to play, Mike. And you lost by 12. In that game last night, it appeared that the Cavaliers worthy team playing the third game in four days, the second night of a back-to-back at the end of a road trip. They didn't seem to have their legs about them. Trip overall, do it, do anything to ruffle your confidence in them or did it make you feel okay about them? In all fairness, you know, we're at the quarter pole right now of the NBA season and You'd like to see them every night go out and be competitive, regardless of who's putting a uniform on and who's not putting uniform on. In the game against Toronto, uh, no Allen, no Kevin Love. Uh, obviously, two you know, major factors there. Um, Lamar Stevens, who has been getting some starting minutes. Right. So, you know, Stevens uh, being out and obviously still waiting for Ricky Rubio to come back and and Windler also out. So uh, my point is, uh, I'm not sure if you can judge it fairly. Uh, if you're looking down the road and you say, well, if, if 
this was the playoffs now, and you go into Milwaukee with a full squad to play Milwaukee. What would you like to see there versus what happened, you know? And uh, right now, a lot of teams with a lot of injuries, but uh, I think going then to Detroit, falling behind to the Pistons, and then playing as well as they did in the fourth quarter to get that win. That's the most important thing that you get wins that you should get, that you have to get, because you know you play people like Milwaukee uh, at home that are very, very good. And the same thing with the third game in Toronto. Uh, Toronto is a very good team, and particularly in their own building. And you're playing your third game in four nights. You're shorthanded. But you want to see the the effort from the people that are there. You know, one of the leading scorers in the NBA has just a horrendous night shooting the basketball. And I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell. Just yep. one of the few times we've seen him just have one of those nights. And, you know, missing the points of love, missing the points and rebounds of Allen, missing Stevens, what he can do at the defensive end, and then getting that out of Mitchell. That's going to make it tough to win in Toronto. The Cavs season, Mike, has been kind of, I, I think there have been three parts of it. You had the eight-game winning streak. You had a five-game losing streak completely following up that eight-game winning streak. Then you won four straight. Then you do this little road trip. So this, I'm I'm waiting to see where this goes, but you've lost two out of three here. Has the, has the all-win, all-loss, all-win thing is is that okay for an NBA team would you rather see him mix it up a little bit I, I'm not sure what to make of the streakiness and I, I don't even know if there's anything to make of the streakiness other than the eight game winning streak was phenomenal and then the losing streak all right you're going to lose some but you lost five straight is are you surprised that no back and forth there or or or, or what am I, am I looking at something that's not there I hear what you're saying and I would be curious if we uh, had the time and, and the manpower to do the research on it this year. Um, you know, the schedule's falling much different now for many of the teams than in the past. You know, when have you in the past ever gone into Philadelphia and played them on a Tuesday night and then play right. them on Thursday night again in Philadelphia? And that seems to be happening more and more to teams where they're getting the same team two nights in a row in that city and you knock that or you check that one off your schedule. I don't know how much of a factor that's playing into these runs that you're talking about, like being able to win six, seven in a row, then all of a sudden you lose, you know, four or five in a row, then you win three or four in a row. I don't know how that's happening. You know, it's, it's unusual or something different that we haven't seen the NBA for a lot of years. But if it makes sense, I understand. If you're going to – it used to make sense years ago when you went to Texas – you know, you played Dallas, you played San Antonio, you played Houston. You, you had to save some money, Mike. He, he, it it cost money to fly those planes, right? Every so often, you know, you get that Texas triangle there. So yeah. um, maybe the league is going back to some of the scheduling of the old days. But anyhow, it's a good question to ask. I, I don't know what to make of it other than it, it's nice to be able to snap out of it whenever you have one of those three or four game losing streaks. Are you good enough? And do you have the resolve enough to be able to snap that and then put some wins back together again? Like most NBA teams, Mike, the Cavs have been a, a really good home team. They have a big stretch of home games coming up. That'll help. One thing that I think has been 
and, and I'm not sure what to, to think of this either. Only three guys have played in every game that they've had so far this year. And it's Evan Mobley, Jetty Osmond, and Isaac Okoro. You've had guys miss a couple of games. Donovan Mitchell, as you mentioned, Kevin Love's now out. Uh, Jared Allen's missed a couple of games. Um, Darius Garland missed some games with the eye injury. So they've been going you know, back and forth trying to get this team to maybe maybe blend together a little bit. And I, I think it's really impressive that they are where they are considering they've had so many player games missed. And I wonder, do you think that's a huge factor in maybe some of the inconsistency or, or is it something that they've really done a great job overcoming because here you're sitting near the top of the Eastern Conference and yet you really haven't had your full complement of guys but for three games? I'd like to think it's more of what you said at the back part of that statement because I think back and I really paid very little attention when I was coaching uh, to saying, well, this group has to get used to one another. We always, during the course of practices, and that's a word that you don't hear very much today, practice, but we always, during the course of practice, would kind of mix and match occasionally where they were playing minutes of our practice with a guy or two guys from the second unit playing with the first unit and vice versa, because you know it's going to come up during the course of the year where somebody's going to have to step in or even on your your substitution pattern. You know, when you make your first substitution, is it two guys coming in at first or is it three guys coming in at first? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you do one, then do another one, then do two? Or, you know, how do you go about your substitution pattern? So you're going to wind up with teams mixed up. It's not going to be that first unit, that second unit always together. So I always just kind of went with it. Like if I put you in the game, I'm expecting you to fit in. You know, you know, we've practiced enough. We've gone over things enough. You know, when you're on the court, you look around, you say, okay, who's, who's next to me? Oh, there's Fratello next to me. Do not pass in the ball. He cannot make a (laughs) shot. Okay. So wave at him, run him through or something, but just don't throw him the ball. You know who you're out there with. You know who your go-to guys are, who you want to get the ball to. That's all part of practicing together as much as you used to practice together. Now there's a lot of film work together. There's a lot of walkthroughs together and maybe not as much on court practice time. You mentioned the rotations, Mike. I think J.B. Bickerstaff has been a little tight in his rotations. I've always loved watching teams where a a guy will play nine or ten guys and go that many deep. You don't see that. I don't see it as much in the NBA these days. It seems like guys, coaches are are really concentrating on getting their eight eight best guys. Sometimes they stretch it to a nine. You don't see you know eleven guys playing a whole lot. Mike is is that a good thing for this team right now? And have the injuries caused JB to maybe tighten up the rotation a little bit because he doesn't want to go as deep as maybe he needs to to fill it out because he's had some key guys out. Jeff, let me put it to you another way. Is the league, and I'm talking about all the rosters and as many players as are allowed to carry now, is it diluted a little bit? And perhaps back uh, years back when we didn't have maybe, you know, 30 teams like we do now. With 15 uh, guys on a roster plus practice squad guys. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe back then you had more depth as far as quality players. 
so you could play 10 people. Uh, you know, I know in Atlanta that we went with that first unit, second unit thing for three or four years of winning 50 or more games during that stretch. And that's how we played. Uh, but we had 10 guys that we kind of believed in, were confident with. But now when there's so much pressure to win games and you've got so many young guys yeah. who have very little, if no experience at all, do you as a coach want to take a chance on losing a couple of games along the way that if you would have used an eight or nine man rotation, as opposed to trying to get guys 10 and 11, some playing time, you know, do you, do you look over your shoulder and go, Hey, you know what? I'm going with eight guys or nine guys. I know can play and aren't going to hurt us when they get out there. And if we get up by 20, with a minute to go in the game, maybe I'll put the other guys in so they get their name in the box score. 